What's going on, everybody? FYB presents Wise Word Wednesdays, a quick stream that will help you get closer to accomplishing your dreams. Listen, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in to this Wise Word Wednesday, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, on, on uh, StreamYard, whether you're listening on Spotify, or whether you're watching this on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitter Live, I want to say thank you for taking a moment of your time to just tune in to what we do here weekly on Wise Word Wednesdays on the YouTube channel. Listen, if you could do me a huge favor and hit that like button, um, you know, YouTube, Facebook, they all have little metrics that they do. They all have little algorithms that they do. And just hitting the like button really helps promote the page. It really helps promote the efforts. It helps promote the guests. Um, and also, you may never know what you're like. And when that shows up on someone's feed, what that can do to someone else, this information that we're providing for you can be literally like life changing for someone else. So I would encourage you to hit that like button. And also, if you're following us on YouTube on the Wise Word Wednesday YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. If you're not following us already, um, go to YouTube, just type in Wise Word Wednesday. You will see our YouTube channel. You know, we are coming to you every single week um, with a guest that's going to talk about their experience in their particular career field. We have no, um, nobody's excluded from any type of career field. Um, I know that we've had a couple of motivational speakers uh, as guests these past couple of weeks, but that's not the only people that we're looking for. We're looking for anybody and everybody that has a career because we know that this world has a lot of different people and everybody has different dreams. And our goal is just to provide you with information that's going to help you get a little bit closer to your dreams to make sure that your struggle is not the same exact struggle that we had. I just wanted to make you just a little bit more prepared um, for your career. So today we have a super dope guest um, that I'm going to bring up. This man is amazing. I've been following his work for a while. And so I'm really excited. Um, he's an entrepreneur. He's a motivational speaker. He's a talented artist. Ladies and gentlemen, if you could do me a favor and welcome my guest, Mr. Maserati E. What's going on, brother? Hey, hey, hey. What up with it? What up with it, man? Juiced to be here. Man, glad to have you. Um, let's just start off. Tell the people just a little bit, like who is you know Maserati? Of course, I gave you a quick intro, but tell the people a little a little bit about who you are. Most definitely, most definitely. So I definitely could start off. Um, I think let's start with with, with the story, right? Um, fun fact about myself, but in actuality, not too fun at all. Um, I'm formerly incarcerated, and unfortunately. At the age of 17, during the commission of a robbery, I shot a man. But fortunately for the both of us, that man lived. And ultimately, I was sentenced to 10 years with two strikes. Um, and during my journey of incarceration, it was just a lot that I learned. It was a lot that I learned about myself. It was a lot that I learned about the ways of the world, if we will. And ultimately, one of the biggest takeaways from my journey of incarceration from that experience was really understanding, you know, the power that we possess as people, how powerful people can be. Um, and one of the things that kind of led up to me to even develop a mentality to commit the crime that I did was battling like severe power issues and internalizing like self-input mental limitations and things of that nature. So ultimately um, being able to find a safe place within a very toxic environment and then getting equipped with the skills and the tools, you know, to see the power of myself and the people around me, I now utilize this experience to make a difference um, to whatever degree and capacity I can. Of course, definitely want that to be as massive as possible for sure. But um, yeah, that that is a huge part of who I am. And it was a lot that was gained through that experience in response. Wow. I, I, I love that story. Um, obviously, like I said, there's like you said, there's some, you know, not so fun, but the the fact that you were able to kind of overcome your circumstances and and it's crazy the the way that you look at it, how it's like, you know, thankfully that that person survived. Right. Because like it would have been a completely different sentence. Right. Had that person not survived. And so the trajectory of your future could have been changed by that one instance. So I, I think it's beautiful that you have 
kind of like that perspective on it. You know what I mean? And don't look at it as like it was all bad. It's like, yo, well, there was some good that actually came out of that situation because it could have been worse. Right. Um, so so I, I love that. So tell me, I know I, some people may have saw uh, the ticker going across. Like what got you interested in music? And I see like when I've seen some of your content, I think you're playing like the guitar. Is that like a ukulele? I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> I get that all the time. So it's a guitar. It's just a very small model guitar. It's a, okay. a Fender oh, it's guitar. Yeah, okay. small guitar. It's just super small. It's a compact size. Got you, got <laughs> you. And um, yeah, a quick story about that, real quick. That actually um was a loner in San Quentin. Um, I got mm. there with my own guitar, and they had a loner program where they like handed out guitars and things of that nature, and they allowed me to keep it because you know they believed in my vision and what I was doing, and and believed I had a gift and talent. Um, so they supported me by allowing me to keep that guitar. Uh, but yes, yeah, a lovely. small model MA MA one Fender. <laughs> got sure. you. Okay, and, no doubt. As far as what got me interested in music, um, man, music is in my genetic makeup, bro. Like, real talk. Mm. Like, I'm talking down to my grandfather's grandfather. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they were showmen and musicians um, from the piano to the guitar to singers. You know, my mom um, was a performer. She was a rapper. My pops was a producer. You know what I mean? And had deals with, like, Sony and stuff like that. Like, so that that was in my genetic makeup. So I always um, loved music and had a fascination for it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I like, I like, when I say I like music, it ain't like I just like rap, hip-hop. I, I like all music, bro. Like, I, I you could catch me slapping some classical. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, no doubt. For sure. But, uh, yeah, that was in my genetic makeup, man. Literally, as long as I can remember, I had that interest and that love for it, for sure. Sure. Man, that's that's dope. And, and you know, you can tell people who were like bred to do this. Right. Like you could tell by their artistic ability and just their love for the art. Like like the fact, like you say, it's it's not just what it's not like I just love rap. I just love hip hop or, or like I just love art. It's like, no, you have a wide range of appreciation, sure. you know, what I mean, for music. And I think that's dope because a lot of people I think the times have changed, right? Cause you know, we grew up kind of nineties, early two thousands. And so we've, we've seen music shift, right. To go from like a real talent to like, how can I get the most streams or the most views? Right. And so it's like, you know, kind of dumbed down a lot of what the actual content of the music is. So I love when I can hear a person say like, look, you know, I appreciate old school art and artists and music because they really had something to say. And that's kind of what I love about, about your music as well, too, is that you genuinely have like something that you bring for people to be able to kind of learn from, to be inspired by, and to also relate to based on the circumstances that you have. So I think that's dope. That's deep, man. That's deep. And and I I, I, I want to thank you, man, for, for receiving it in that type of way and reciprocating it, because that's one of the reasons why I do what I do is really to make an impact. But I really, you know, hope to not only be heard, but be felt. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like, I feel like you feel me, bro. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah it's love. It's love. <laughs> I feel it for sure. I feel it for sure. So if you can, you know, tell us. Could you just take us through a day in the life of Maserati E? Like, like, like what is what is your daily routine consist of? Because people who aspire to become artists, they, they don't understand like those 10,000 hours of practice, right? That that work at the end. They but they also need to understand that you still have to navigate being a human being. Like nobody's gonna pay your rent for you just right. because you want to do, you know, art or just because you want to be an entrepreneur. Like you still gotta pay rent, you gotta st still pay light bills and all those things. So if you could like what's a day in the life of Maserati E as a as a human being? Definitely. Um a lot of work, a lot of work. So I'm, <laughs> I'm currently uh, working for a job. So my days, um, it, it really varies. I, I have a very sporadic schedule. I'm again, mm. working for jobs. Uh, one, um, as a radio host for the show on Sirius XM, The Last Mile Radio. Oh, we now on all platforms too. Shout out, shout out. We on hey. all uh, Was granted access to go beyond the paywall. Thank you, Sirius XM. Love right. Shout um, out. Got that job um, as well as I'm an audio engineer and sound designer for a podcast called Uncuffed that's produced in San Quentin State Prison as well as Solano. Um, 
So I do like the original sound design for that, do like engineering work, get the levels right, make sure everything up to radio standards and send it to the lead engineer. Um, as well as doing my music professionally. Um, so that comes with, you know, creating for sure. I, I love to create and compose um, from production down to writing everything, all genres. So it's a lot of that going on, um, as well as working at a school. Uh, me and my bro, man, the co-creator and um, former sound designer of the infamous podcast, um, Ear Hustle, my dog, man, Antoine Banks-Williams, me and wow. him. Uh, we helped the Branson School out, out in Marin in Ross, California, um, a, a super dope school, very prestigious school, um, helped them get a $200,000 grant geared towards like reentry for people of our experience, you know, being formerly incarcerated, returned citizens to be able to rely wow. on our natural skill sets. So like the lessons that we learned in life, the tools that we were able to gain and implement in life, um, you know, that each one teach one kind of thing. We're able to implement that and get like sustainable living wages off of that. You know what I mean? Um, so the way my days look, prime example, like today, had to drive two hours from Sacramento to Marin to be on campus. Tomorrow, yeah. got a recording. You feel what I'm saying? Um, for the last mile radio and then got other meetings for other business days, uh, music related. Uh, so I guess in a nutshell, what a day look like for me, it really depends on what job is at hand. Right. You know what I'm saying? But it's going to be work related for sure every day. Right. Right. No, no doubt. <laughs> that grind is real. You know what I mean? That, that, that's, but I think it speaks to, you know, the, the mentality that you have is like, I'm not going to fail, right? Like I'm going to make something happen. And not only am I going to make things happen for myself, but I'm going to also make things happen for people, like you say, who are formerly incarcerated and give them an opportunity. Um, so could you talk a little bit about, you know, your experience in, in being incarcerated in regards to like the motivation? Cause I, I, I like I said, I've checked out your content. Like you have, you know, pictures and videos of you playing like in in car while you were incarcerated. Right. Like literally doing music. So like at that time where many people may see that as like the end all, like it's a wrap, I'm done. Like you said, nah, not only am I going to continue to grind, but I'm going to find ways to be able to get like an extra guitar. Give it to me. Like, provide. like I'm going to figure out a way to make my dream work regardless of my circumstances. So like how, what kept you motivated as you were incarcerated to be able to continue your dream? Um, honestly, I think one of my biggest motivations, man, was, was the dream, if that make any sense, right? Um, because like some people may say I'm living a dream now, but in reality, I'm still in pursuit. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. But I think ultimately just that ability of potentially making a huge impact you know, to get people to to move differently based on like thinking differently. Right. right. Like I, I'm, I'm a firm believer, you know, people treat you the way they see you, but that could be lethal when you're not seen as an equal. So one of my biggest things. Bars. Like, Hold on. Bars. What <laughs> <laughs> One of my biggest things was really utilizing the music um, for several things. One, you know, ventilation for sure, for sure. And, and processing my emotions, but also with the intent to shift perspectives. You know what I mean? Like I really wanted to shift perspectives, even if it was just by a centimeter, because I feel like, you know, your perception is ultimately what shapes your reality. You feel what I'm saying? So yeah. I felt like by me dropping my experience and the way I felt in my music, ultimately I could touch hearts and that could ultimately get people to move differently and treat people differently. And we can potentially see a better tomorrow as a whole, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So that was some of the things that kept me going, um, being confined behind those walls and seeing the injustices and, you know, being oppressed and really just not allowing that to serve its purpose. And um, to what, what I mean by that, right? Like I felt like the purpose of incarceration, especially in California, like California prisons, um, I, I really feel like it was designed to oppress and further exacerbate, you know, a mentality of criminality. You know what I, I mean? Know. It, it was really designed to make people more animalistic. And now we're starting to move in a much progressive direction. Um, but I, I was incarcerated and, and experienced a lot of dehumanizing um, conditions. You know what I mean? A lot of oppressive conditions. So instead of allowing those conditions and experiences to break me, I use that as motivation to fuel me. So nobody else have, ever have to feel this again or we could put an end to it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so like, honestly, that's that, I would say that was probably my biggest fire that kept me going, bro. Like really, you know, putting the end to the madness, bro. 
No, that's that's real. And I think, you know, we have as as a society, especially more specifically in America, like we have this perception that like, okay, well, they're in prison, so they don't deserve. Right. Like and, and for me, I'm just like. I I understand having family members and friends that, you know, that have been incarcerated, that are incarcerated, like that's still a human being. You know what I'm saying? And it's like I'm I'm going to prison as a punishment, not for punishment. I'm not going to prison and then going to be punished in prison. Like the me being away from my family, me being behind those walls, me not being able to vote, not having access to certain freedoms. That's my punishment. But that doesn't mean that I don't deserve air conditioning. That doesn't mean, you know what I'm saying? That like the food that I eat should be crap. That doesn't mean that like I shouldn't be able to, you know, be, be treated as a human being because I made a mistake. Like, like no, nobody is perfect. Of course there are some mistakes that we say, Hey, listen, you deserve some time for what you did, but the purpose isn't just to cast them away. The purpose is well, at least the way I see it as it should be is the right. purpose is to rehabilitate me. So that way I can learn from my mistake and return to society, a better human being. But as you said, now the way our, our criminal system, our criminal, um, cause I don't like to call it a criminal justice system. I like to call it a criminal injustice system in that sense. Um, you know talk. what I'm saying? The system, it, it literally, like you said, dehumanizes and criminalizes people. And then it has a huge retention rate to where like, because people, you know what I mean? They, they're 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 treated so poorly inside those walls when they get out technology has improved so much like it's so advanced their jobs aren't looking to hire people because they have to mark that f on their application like all these different opportunities are kind of stripped from them so then it's like i'm gonna go back to what i know best well i was just in prison for a couple of years learning the best ways to do certain things and advancing my criminal mindset so now i'm gonna go do that and then because that's all i have to do to survive like i still need a job right and so for me i've always felt like the way that we kind of look at criminals the way like the former criminals, incarcerated people, it's it's inhumane and it's stupid. You know what I'm saying? It's stupid because that person still has something to contribute. And I, that's what I love about your story is that you're showing like, look, bro, I just got $200,000 for a school, right? right. Like, like, I, like clearly I have something to contribute in this society. Don't judge me just based on my mistakes, but judge me based on how I was able to learn from my mistake and improve, you know what I'm saying? A, as a human being. Absolutely. I, I think I think one thing a lot of people need to realize and it's going to be very difficult to come to grips with this. Um, but slavery never stopped. This is quite literally Man. the continuance of slavery due to the 13th Amendment. When I first um, got put on game, you know, about the 13th Amendment and the power that it held. Uh, it, it almost moved me to tears, man, real talk, because I still was incarcerated at that time and realized, like, damn, I'm quite literally a slave right now. And, wow. I, and I mean that in the most literal sense possible, not metaphorically, not symbolically. Like when they'd be like, oh, this modern day slavery. A lot of people say that, you know, as a metaphor. But in actuality, like the 13th Amendment literally uses the word in 2023 right now. Slavery. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? Slavery and involuntary servitude. Involuntary servitude. Slavery again. Man. Just word. You feel me? It's punishable by a crime. And that's been effect, in effect since the 1800s. You know what I mean? So quite right. literally, it, it, that's the, in my opinion, that's the reasoning behind a lot of um, the justifications, air quotes on that, uh, with the injustices that we see in there, with the dis, with the, uh, with, with, with the disinhumane treatment in there, you know, with the dehumanizing treatment, excuse me, and the yeah. oppressive treatment, because it's literally a spawn from the not so modern slavery. Right. <laughs> I don't want to say ancient because that ain't ancient times, but the past that we know of of slavery from the trans transatlantic slave trade. You feel what I'm saying? And I think it's it's very hard to, you know, restructure a person's mind to not long to no longer be set in those kind of ways. Because in my opinion, um, and I think if we, you know, even just pay attention to the facts, like that's what the system was designed to do. So we need right. to deconstruct the system and then reconstruct it in a way that's actually equitable, in a way that actually leads towards a uh, habilitation. Because I, uh, I, I got a, I got a mentor, a momager of mine, Layla Steinberg. Shout out Layla. Shout um, out Layla. On the real, she, she said uh, at one point. 
you know, we don't need to rehabilitate. We need to habilitate because at the end of the mm. day, like the, the the environments that we inhabited wasn't the healthiest. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> A lot of that comes with conditioning that ultimately leads to the to the prison pipeline. You feel right. what I'm saying? So we need to habilitate, not rehabilitate. You know what I'm saying? We need to break it all the way down, start from scratch and come new. And I think that's the type of things that can continue to make a difference. And uh, another thing I want to address too, um, you know, in, in prison, it is a lot of people, you know what I mean? It is a lot of people that, that don't make the right decisions. It's a lot of people that go through that revolving door. It's a lot of people that, that I, I mean, just calling a ball, a ball, a strike, a strike, you know, it's yeah. a lot of people that become better criminals. However, yeah. it's a large number, I would say equal you know, 50 50 of people that don't take that route, people that go in there and right. grow just like how I did. And it might not be through music. Like, I know people that literally are, are, are like owners of tech companies right now. Lawyers, like, law, like legit yeah. from law to mechanics to, you know, various trades and things of that nature. But one thing I, I think a lot of people lose sight of when, you know, having prison in thought is they lose sight of the, sim the similarities from being incarcerated to being in the free society, right? And when it boiled down to it, it's a lot of mental aspects that are completely the same. Like mm -hmm. if I wanna be a fuck up in prison, it's the same as me being a fuck up out here on the streets. You right. know what I mean? If I wanna get involved in selling drugs or gang banging or whatever, you know, whatever destructive path a person may choose, those same things, same struggles are behind those walls. Like mm. this drugs, it's, it's not drug free in there. You know what yeah. I mean? So like people don't go to prison and just all of a sudden get sober. Like those are active choices geared towards progression. And right. it's a large number of people that are actively choosing to progress in their life. You know what I mean? That it just doesn't get represented well. And that's for a reason as well. You know, the sensationalizing, excuse me, you know, the negative aspects only further condition our minds of what the people look like are, 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 are deemed to be in those experiences like mine being incarcerated. You know what I mean? So nice. I, I think we, we like what you're doing right now, pulling me on, you feel me, giving me the opportunity to, to reveal the truth of this experience. You know what yeah. I mean? I think these are the type of steps that need to be taken. Like what I do on my show on the last mile radio, you know what I mean? We, we, we chop it up with a bunch of returned citizens um, about the things that they got going on so we can combat this leading narrative because it, it's honestly, um, not as true as people may think. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that, that's facts. And, and I love that y'all are doing that. And um, part of when I so I, I went and got my master's um, and part of my like research was and I'm, I'm saying this because you touched on this a little bit. And I want to kind of highlight it, go into more depth about it is, you know, the environments that we, we grow up in. Right. And and so part of my research was just about the the, the lack of male black male representation in, in K through 12 education oh, right? yeah. or in higher education as well, too. It's like like for, for me, I you know, I was, you know, kind of what people would consider to be a troubled youth. I went to eight uh, eight different schools, you know, what I mean, and, and so those eight schools and I went to college, got a four year degree. Then I went to a master's, got that degree. And I only had one black male teacher in my entire life. And it was for my master's degree hmm. for one semester. You know what I'm saying? So think about just what that does to the mind of a young black man when he goes to school and he sees himself not represented at all. Not in the textbooks, unless you're talking about slavery. Not, you know what I'm saying? Like not in the music they playing, not in the lessons that they teaching. None of that stuff. You don't see yourself represented whatsoever. And then you also find yourself getting in trouble all the time in school because they don't understand how you communicate. You know, we a little bit more expressive. You know what I'm right. saying? We may be all right, like, if you start asking people LeBron versus Jordan, it's gonna it's gonna make it seem like we're gonna fight. You feel me? It's going down. But that's just the way. <laughs> Way that we express ourselves we know that we just talking right like we just having a good time but to a person who's not familiar with our our style of communication or what the way that we operate they gonna say oh they're violent you know what i mean there was a um a study that came out by um uh, dr luke wood actually he was a part of this study who he's now the president of sacramento state um mm -hmm. he came out with a study back i think in 2018 that talked about how sacramento county that right has two um of the top suspension rates of the top five suspension rates in california for black students two of the top five are in, from sacramento county alone like and that's over la right that's over oakland unified school district two school districts in sacramento county right and so 
that just tells you right there. And, and the majority of those uh, suspensions were from what's called willful defiance. And willful defiance means, hey, hey, go sit down. And, and a student says, nah, all right, get out. You, you suspend it. Get out. So, so, right. So it's like when you, when you're suspending a black student and again, my focus is on black men, right? I'm trying to improve us. Right. But in order to improve us, we also have to make sure that we've taken care of us at a young age. So if a student, if a kid says he don't want to sit down and that's, that's liable for suspension, what are you setting that student up to do or to think about education in the whole? He's going to be like, this ain't a place where I'm accepted. It's right. on a football field. You know what I'm saying? Like it's in entertainment, but you're not going to accept me in education at all. So um, I, I love how you talked about that's like the conditions that we grow up in, right? That, you know, coming from low income housing, right? Like got free lunch programs and things like that, which is, that's what I grew up on, right? I was on yeah. free lunch my entire K through twelve experience. I used to let them little teriyaki with the yeah. rice. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's like we have to change the environment that our 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 young students, that our young, especially our young black men that they're growing up in before they even get to the point where they feel like they have to commit a crime to be able to be successful. You get what I'm saying? So I love that, that like, that's something that you also can feel um, when you're talking about the, 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 the recidivism rate or I'm sorry, the, ret the, the retention rate in regards to um, incarcerated people. So I, I, I appreciate that, man. Most definitely. Most definitely. Well said too, for sure. Yeah. It's deep. You, you know, it get deep. Right. <laughs> Right. So th this is probably the last question I kind of ask in regards to incarceration, because I do want to talk more about, you know, your posts um, uh, uh, as well, too. Um, but, you know, ha have you ever like like so sometimes for me, right, like we talked about, um, you know, th the way we were connected through my boy Funk. Right. My boy, boy Funk told me about you. He was like, yo, bro, I see you doing motivational speaking. You got to connect with this, bro. Um, so shout out to Funk, Free Funk for hooking Free this Funk. up, man. 100 percent, man. It's all love, brother. We, we definitely, you know, what I'm saying cheering for you and hoping for you to come home soon because it's it's been too long been too long um but for me at times like you know regardless of how successful i get i i often you know feel survivor's guilt right like i feel like i feel bad for certain people who are in certain circumstances that genuinely they can't really help at at the moment and so sometimes it gets hard for me and i've, I've been going to therapy now for about three years and it's been great i go every week um and, and but it's 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 hard for me sometimes because it's like yo i still got people in the struggle right like in the struggle and it's like it's hard for me to really enjoy the success that i'm having like so have you ever had that like do you feel any type of like survivor's guilt from you know what i mean from your circumstances and overcoming the things that you've done Absolutely. Absolutely, man. All the time, actually, like even still to this day. And I've been out mm. uh, four years now, just made four years, August 7th. Congratulations, uh, brother. Four thanks, years of freedom. But definitely uh, it's, it's real bittersweet, bro. So like when I first got released, literally my first 60 days, I went back. I went back in to do a concert, went back to San Quentin. Um, and it was just real, real bittersweet, bro. I, I, the best way I could describe it. um. It, if you've seen 12 Years a Slave, man, when Solomon finally made it back and, and was a free man, right? Like, I, I could only imagine the thoughts that was going through his mind, knowing what them people was experiencing and knowing was their reality because he had mm. to live it. That's how my mind worked on the regular. Like, I know what's really going on behind them walls. You know what I yeah. mean? I, I know how oppressive it really is. I know how dehumanizing it really is. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, I, I again, me and, and a lot of people like me, you know what I mean, was fortunate enough to create a safe place within this very toxic environment. Uh, we laugh to keep from crying, all that, you know what I mean? Right. However, it, it, I wouldn't wish that on nobody. I wouldn't wish that on nobody, bro. Yeah. Like, like it, it, it's people in there. Honestly, I, I would I would trade places. You know what I mean? Not necessarily mm. in the sense of trade places like for life, like for for the L. However. You know, it's people that have been in there way longer than me and helped me become who I am. You know what wow. I mean? And gave me so much game and was able to impact the entire community in there. And they still there. You know what I mean? Here yeah. it is. You know, I did what I did and I'm out, but they still there, bro. And that that just really irks me because I know how many when I, I can't say I know how many good people are behind that wall, but I know so many good people behind those walls yeah. that I feel don't deserve to be there. I feel are like genuinely, sincerely, you know, people that grew, you know, they changed, they evolved. They're not mm -hmm. the person that committed that crime that they committed way back in the 80s, way back in the 90s, even the early 2000s. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, bro, that'd be eating me up. You feel me? Because it's like, I'm out here, I'm living life and it makes it 
difficult at times to fully enjoy it because yeah. it's like I feel like it's other people that deserve what I got and more. You know what I mean? Because they didn't put in more work and came further on their journey. So it's like, hell yeah, I definitely always got survivor's guilt. Every time I go inside, you know, and see my peoples and stuff that's still there, whenever I leave, it's just like, damn, like, I wish I could just bring y'all with me. Yeah. You feel me? Like, and then sometimes, like I said, I'd be thinking like, 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 I feel like they deserve to be out here versus me. Like, I feel mm. like people are better people than me. You know what yeah. I mean? It's in regards of like what they contributed, you know what I mean? And just where their mind and heart is at. So it's, it, it, it's it's definitely very bittersweet, bro. It's no, real. I, I, I feel that. And I think, you know, we often forget that not everybody in prison is actually guilty of the crime that they're in prison for. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, and well, this is kind of why I am 100% against the death penalty is because even if you kill one innocent person, right, just one, that's one too many. Too many, for sure. You know what I'm saying? So for me, this is, and this is why, like, again, I say, like, we need to treat our, our incarcerated people as human beings. Like, just, again, I understand that they may not be able to be into society right now the way that we are, the way that they are, but in their society that they're in, they should still be treated with respect, with honor, right? right. Because they have to understand, they have to come back. <laughs> That's the goal. They have like, to come back. Said, like, what kind of neighbors you want return? You know what I mean? Like, that's the, that's the type of stuff that they practice in Norway. And I, I can say this, right? So, mm -hmm. in California, can't speak for everywhere else, but to my knowledge, what I know about um, in California, San Quentin um, specifically, they're completely redesigning the structure. Um, not mm. the physical structure, but the overall design of how it's ran, right? And um, they, they are contributing a lot from Norway, from the Norwegian model. Um, okay. But for that exact reason, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they're even changing the name. I think that I think it's um going to be referred to now as a rehabilitation center or something. Okay. Like that. I, I heard they're going to start changing the language, not going to be calling this inmates no more. Nice. You know what I mean? Because it, it's just so many things, um, you know, that 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 went that that factor in to the oppression from microaggressions to macroaggressions, you know, the labeling and the condition. Like it's so many aspects of that. So yeah. they got a lot of uh, alterations to make for sure. But I say that to say we are moving in a more progressive direction. Still got a whole lot of ground to cover, though. For sure. Like, everybody getting off the hook. You feel what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A whole lot of ground to cover. But, you know, the longest journeys take the first two steps. And I think we're taking those steps in the right direction finally. That's a fact, man. And, and I like that. And I think that's one of the things I like about Gavin Newsom, right, that he's actually being progressive in, in regards to change um, for for our incarcerated folks, because we need it. We need it for sure. We locked up too many people for stupid right. things. And so I think we need to change it as a whole, even the people that have you know committed worse crimes or whatever. Um, but let, let's let's talk a little bit about your career. You know, I've, I've seen some of your work. You also do like motivational speaking. So what what got you interested in doing that? Like being able to encourage other people. I, I'm a fellow motivational speaker myself. So, you know, and, and it's, it's a gift, right? It's not like everybody can't get right. in front of a couple hundred people and, and talk to them and get them excited. Like that's, that's something hard to do. So what, what got you interested or involved in, in doing that? Wanting um, to break the mold, man. Wanting to break the mold. So, uh, what got me involved in doing speaking prior to my release from San Quentin, uh, me and my bro Banks, remember I told you we, we kicked yep. off that tour. Um, we literally, man, was getting our whole dorm searched at the time. It was a it was a, a prison lockdown, an institutional lockdown, and we was getting the dorm search. And um, we sitting here chopping it up, you know, kind of. I, I want to say the main topic was like the school to prison pipeline because he mm. went down hella early, like right after high school. He graduated. Um, he was 18 straight to the pen. Bam. I was a junior in high school when I committed my crime. 17. Mm. Bam. Out of here. You know what I mean? So like we really understood the importance of, you know, those vital times in our adolescence. You know what I'm saying? And becoming yeah. a young man and how that can really like change the trajectory of your life. You feel me? So we began to structure and outline uh, what our school tour was going to look like. And the main piece to the school tour was the talking. Like we, we, we utilized the influence of music because we was going to high schools. You know what I mean? Mm. And that's, in my opinion, one of the toughest audiences to appease. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't care if it's music. You could be uh, you could be a, a puppeteer. I don't care what it is. High school is just brutal. Bro. Yeah, they ruthless, bro. But 
we had them silent, man. You can hear a rat piss on cotton. You know what I mean? Like we had them <laughs> silent, bro. Like really at off the edge of their seat. Like oh my god. Uh, and I think mainly was because how we formatted it. So we start off with some music, get you hyped. Now, now we dope. You know, now we cool. And yeah. now we get you with this real stuff and begin to tell our stories. And ultimately, I think the first time we did that. Um, that's what really inspired me, you know, to, to add that to the repertoire as well, you know, add that to, to the arsenal, if we will, you feel me? Yeah. Uh, then the impact of that, being able to connect, it was, uh, I, I don't want to say it transcended beyond the music, but it was just was another approach that was very efficient and very impactful and effective when connecting with people and getting people to understand you, but ultimately be motivated by you. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So um, after experiencing that, it was closed curtains. You know, I started getting booked to do speakings here and there, but mainly at schools, though. That mainly was like my targeted audience, you know, it was high schoolers, middle schoolers and even elementary. You know what I mean? Because I do think it, it, it's it's um, it's vital, man, to start as young as we possibly can. You know, sometimes high school might be a little too late. You might be already setting your ways. And it, it, again, that's a very hard audience to appease. So if we can normalize certain ways of thinking earlier on, you know what I mean? That it becomes normalized. And with that becomes new habitual actions. You know what I mean? And an overall new way of thinking and being aware of possibilities and uh, tools and different ways to navigate, you know? So that that's how that came about. <laughs> no doubt. No, I, I love that. Um, when you talk about, you know, your your music, um, what what is that process like? I, I I also used to do music. I don't do it so no so much anymore. I feel like I'm like I'm like the Andre 3000. I might do a verse every couple years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 16 or something in there. Yeah, really feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> you feel exactly. Got to be feeling it. But like, what's that? What's that process for you? Because for me, it's like I have to be in the like I said. I got to be feeling. I got to be in the mood. Like I got to be in the zone. There's sometimes where like I might hear an album that I'm like, oh, I'm ready to I'm ready to bar something yeah. right now. You feel me? <laughs> but then there are it's other sweet. times where it's like I'm not feeling nothing at all. But as a as an artist, like that, you have that expectation to do music. So like, what is that process like for you when you're trying to create like you know this 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 and this new streaming hype over the height you know what i'm saying trying to get attention society artificial like, ass world exactly. <laughs> you feel me uh, no nah, real talk though real talk but um my process man it, it, it's really emotionally based bro like straight mm -hmm. up um that 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 is my outlet of ventilation i i talk about what i feel you know so i gotta get motivated i gotta get impacted by something to to really want to write now i could force myself um i've done it but didn't really like that didn't like the way it felt didn't like doing that and nobody probably will ever hear that music ever but mm -hmm. uh typically the things that get me fired up you know is, is experiencing something in life man learning something new uh reading like if i read a book and get some game you know the bars start flowing it's like yeah. oh yeah you know it kind of right itself um but yeah, like I, I produce as well. So sometimes, you know, I cook up a beat and now the bars is coming because it's like the beat is kind of telling the story to me in my mind. It's like, all right, now I got to narrate this. You feel mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Um, but typically, though, I, I would say my inspirations come from experiences in life, man. Whatever's in front of me at that time, if it hit me in the heart or in the mind, you know what I mean? That's usually what get those uh, creative juices flowing for sure. No, that's dope, man. That, that That's dope. And like, I, I like the fact that like, you know when to tell yourself, like, nah, I'm not, I'm not writing right now. Like, I'm not feeling it. You know what I'm saying? Because, because yeah. <laughs> the art, it, it'll show. Definitely. So, like, I, I'm gonna be real. Like, I, I, I've written so much. Like, while I was incarcerated, I literally wrote over 500 songs. Like, I got wow. Like, I keep them, keep them by me. You know that that reminder. I just grab a couple, but it's way more right here too. But it's a whole bunch of notebooks. Oh, you know? we, so, like, yeah. I got, I got a whole bunch of notes. This, I swear, there's so many more right here. <laughs> gravel. But um, I, I, I've written a lot of music, and that makes it kind of difficult at times, you know, because I don't like to be too redundant. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, you can say the same thing in different ways, but you can only do that so many times before you get burnt out on it, you know? Right. So it's like, um, I, and I think that's, a, that's one of the things that kind of go into writer's block for me a lot of times. Like, if I'm not, if I'm not, experiencing new stuff it's like i already wrote about all that you know what yeah. i mean so sometimes it'd be hard but now i'm at a point um where i really don't even write man i just do uh what's known as punch-ins you know what i mean like i just come off the head with it yeah far at a time 
So, mm-hmm. like, I start off, you know what I mean? Like, man, we on the podcast right now. Pause. Hey. Me think of the next bar and then punch in with something different, you know. And by the time it's all said and done, I got a whole song. You feel what mm. I'm saying? So uh, that, that's been like my process for the past couple of years now. Um, just coming off the head with it and, 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 you know, just allowing the creator to flow through me, man, and put it together bar by bar like that, which is very similar to writing. You know what I mean? Just without writing it down. No doubt. Not, but that's still that's still a skill set. You know what I mean? To be able to have that. And I think with you having the producer skill, do you do you do your own like editing for as for, for your songs as well, too? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so like the like. The stuff that I do, like on my own, like if I decide to do it myself, then yeah, I'm recording it myself. Uh, most likely made the beat myself, recorded it myself, mixed it. Um, I do like my mastering digitally through eMastered, uh, but I do all the mixing manually though. So do all the mixing and stuff myself. Uh, and yeah, you know, try to try to do what it do. But I, honestly, a, a lot of times I prefer to go to the studio so I can just create on, so I can just focus on creating. I ain't got to focus on getting these levels right. I ain't got to focus on doing these cuts, you know, mixing while I'm going and all that. I could just focus on just getting it out. You know what I mean? So like that, that's really uh, what I prefer, but don't get me wrong. Like I I love it too much. So of course I'm doing a lot on my own too. You know what I mean? (laughs) Definitely respect it. Like in regards to like your, um, your your speaking and stuff and, and even to your music, uh, you know, to some sort or to some extent, like, you know, what, what's that process? Like, is it challenging for you to, um, to, to kind of share your, your story, right? Your, your trauma with, you know, complete strangers. When you talk about going to high schools and and middle schools and, and, and just anybody that you, you know, that that's listening to what you're saying in your music or listening to what you're saying as you're speaking, like, you know, for me, sometimes like I find it having to repeat my personal experiences, you know, people that died in my family and me getting arrested and, and things like, like, so it, sometimes it's like, man, like it's a, it's a challenge for me at times to share my trauma and to relive that experience, um, you know, continuously. And it's, it's great that like I can kind of round it out to where it's like, it has a positive spin on it. Right. But like for you, does it, what's that like to share your trauma? Is it challenging to do that in, in front of strangers? Uh, I honestly know that I guess I've been fortunate um, in that sense because I never really was too um, like uncomfortable, you know, with, mm. I've, I've always been like an open book. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm a very private person. Definitely, you know, enjoy my privacy and need yeah. that for sure, for sure. <laughs> but as far as like my story, like I'm a very, very open book um, and, you know, it, it happened. You know what I mean? So like I, I've learned to you know be accountable and of course mm. i got a lot of remorse and i can't lie still like shame attached to that but i think it's, it's a necessity that i do what i do you know and, and be as open and honest and accountable as possible so it's not like i'm just telling my story like i was bad went to prison now i'm good it's like no nah, you need to see this process you know what mm. i mean you need to see like where where I was at, where, where where I was at when I still was the seed before the seed was planted. And then what it looked like watering the seed, making sure it got the sunlight, you know, for this to grow into this beautiful plant. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think the, the details are very important. So I don't shy away from them. You know what I mean? Like I, I did do what I did. Um, I take full accountability for that. I'm extremely remorseful for that, but it's a lot to learn from it. And it's a lot mm-hmm. of people, um, you know, that, that I feel could, could potentially be in that same boat. You know, if they haven't already caused harm, they might be at that point where they're about to. And hearing my story, they might be able to relate and and might potentially stop them. You know what I mean? They might be able to learn from me and realize they don't got to touch the fire to see that it's hot. So I I think the details in my story are are very important and I I don't shy away from them. And I guess, fortunately, I I don't feel uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Like I didn't did uh, speaking like I did a speech um, while I was still incarcerated, too. Uh, we was pushing uh, Senate Bill 678, which was a uh, was an alternative to incarceration, um, and I was part of like the original development team for that. And um, they they wanted me to do a speech since I was still incarcerated and was part of the original development team for that. And um, you know, I had to definitely go into the details with my story, with my crime, and you know, the growth and all that. And um, a lot of people was asking me that, like, how do you feel about that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you finna be on the news, you finna be, you know involved in politics now and you might lose some credibility and i'm like if anything i'm a gain more credibility right like if you were part of the problem at one point in time then you might have better insight than anybody how to fix it exactly (laughs) so it's like for me i i I don't want to say 
I'm excited to tell it because I'm definitely not. I just see the benefits in it. I'm excited to see the potential that may come from it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I feel that. I think for me, it's it's the um, the anxiety that comes from not knowing what the response is going to be like. I, I, you know, yeah. what I mean, when when, I, when you up there and telling your story, it's like you you, know, you just never know what how the audience is going to take it. And it, of, you know, of course, like I said, we have that spin on it. And I think like you know, you and I kind of have that energy that we gonna we gonna make it work, right? Like whatever we do, we gonna make it work. But it's just for me, like I have that anxiety. That's why I, I think it's challenging for me. But I, I love the fact that like like you say, you're focusing on on the fact that you're able to create a lot more from that particular experience and 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 do a lot and that's kind of what in my in my speaking as well too i try to like focus on what the lessons that i've learned throughout that throughout those times and then try to you know turn it into something something great and and so that's that that's dope man keep keep yeah. doing what you're doing in, in that sense because like you said you are because you you know you were a, like you said a part of the problem you have clear insight like exclusive insight on the perception or the perspective of those who came through that experience. And so you of all people would know how to help in the developmental process in regards to improving it. So um, I I think that's dope. Um, Does, do you look for like fulfillment um, in your music or does your music fulfill you? Or do you, you know, look uh, for fulfillment elsewhere because right? you're you're married, right? I think that's uh, you're, you're yeah. married, and so you you're obviously I'm married now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, you know what I'm saying? You got your person, and so um, you know wh- where do you get fulfillment, or do you look for fulfillment through through music? Uh, I mean, I, I'm gonna be honest. I get fulfillment in a bunch of places in my life. Music definitely uh, is an outlet that offers me a sense of fulfillment, creating music, listening to music, um, feeling understood. You know what I mean? Mm. So like when I hear another artist and something they say or they style or something resonates with me to a point that I feel like, you know, that person gets me or I can relate. It makes me feel understood. And yeah. for me, that's a very fulfilling feeling. You know what I mean? And then ultimately my music um, is definitely fulfilling for me because it's me a lot of times processing a lot, you know what I mean? Mm. It's me getting a lot out um, and being able to like put it out there, you know what I mean? For myself, it, 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 it's, how can I, it, it's relieving, you know what I mean? I feel like it relieves a lot of built up tension inside of me, a lot of built up anxiety, a lot of, you know, built up emotions, you know, that was harbored. So yeah. when I finally recorded and let it out, like, I feel like that's the true sense of ventilation. It's finally just, it's over, you know, it's out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's no longer pent up. So even when I'm doing the songs and kind of like relive, you know, the emotions and everything, um, it's a sense of relief. You know what I mean? Because it's more reflective versus like getting re-inundated in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, it's definitely a lot of fulfillment there for myself. And then also just knowing, you know, like, like when I hear people speak about it and how it impacted them and what it done for them, like that's super fulfilling, man. Like to know that I can impact somebody and, and, and help people and assist in any type of way for anything geared towards progression. Like that's, you know, I feel like that's all in alignment with my life's purpose. You feel me? So I feel like I'm doing what I'm meant to do. I feel like those are the things, you know, like, like that, that I was born to do. Like, I feel like um, my purpose, for instance, right. Like I used to think it was like to save the world or it was to do music and all this other stuff. But now I feel like my purpose in life, I feel like what was revealed to me is to plant seeds. You know what mm. I mean? Like it's, it's, it's up to me. And I think that's why I was bestowed with the talent of music, you know, is to plant the seed. I can't save nobody. You got to save yourself. You right. feel me? I'm going to plant this seed and it's on you to make sure it get watered. It's on you to make sure that it get the sunlight. It's on you to make sure you feel me. If you want to go the extra mile and add them supplements to make, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. all all i gotta do is just plant it though you know what i'm saying and i plant the seed in the minds and the hearts through the music through the speaking through the stories you know what i'm saying so that that's my purpose so when it's received that sense of fulfillment is at an all-time high man i i, I love that and it's crazy it's fitting because the name of this episode is the concrete rose. Mm. Um, and it's, you know, if, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but there, you know, they, I think Tupac talked, you know, Tupac talked about it a while, you know, the rose that, that grew from concrete. And I think, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it's, um, you know, for me, the way I see it is just like, you know, your story kind of is like that little light of hope, right. That little glimpse of hope and opportunity 
but it also speaks to the fact that we can come from uh, uh, tough conditions. We can come from what seems to be impossible conditions and still grow. All we need is just a little bit of light, right? All we need is just a little bit of opportunity. And so the fact that you were just talking about like your, your life is to plant seeds. I, I think that it, for me, the, the, the concrete rose, you know, there's so many different ways you can take it. But another one I, I kind of want to talk about is it shows to me that there's potential for growth underneath that concrete, but we can't see it because there's too much concrete covering it. Come and on. so that's kind of way the way that I look at it in regards to your story, in regards to carceration. Like you're one human being and look at what you're doing for thousands of others through your work. You're one person. Right. One person, one story. Imagine if we gave other people from your similar background an opportunity to share what they have to offer. I'm sure I'm not saying that everybody's going to be, you know, the next Maserati E. But what I am saying is that everybody has a story that can possibly change other people's lives, but they have to be given an opportunity. And if right. you only allow that one rose to grow, then you never you you you're missing a whole garden. Right underneath that, but that that rose is still a blessing because it's 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 potential, it's opportunity. It's like ah, I got something here. So right. that that's really why you know I named it the, the the concrete rose because I just feel like your story, man, is it, it means so much. And depending on who you are listening, you're gonna take something different from that particular story. So uh, it's it's fitting, man, that you was talking about planting seeds as, as your purpose. That's deep. That's deep, and that's dope. That's super dope. I love that, bro. Real no talk. Doubt. No doubt. And this ain't even playing. We didn't even talk about it. He didn't even know what the title was, man. I just, you know, I was just, like you said, letting the, the, the spirit move through me. You know what I'm saying? And that, and that's what, what came. So I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about this. A, a couple of questions I want to get to you before we, we wrap things up. Um, you know, with you being an artist, um, mm. you being as talented as you are, you having a, a wide history and knowledge of, um, of music, what type of advice would you give to others that are looking to become um, an artist, right? They're looking for a journey in music. What type of advice can you kind of give out that may help separate them from like everybody else? That And, and I'm glad you framed it like that right there, because that's one thing I was definitely going to get at. Be unique. You know what I mean? I feel like one thing in music right now, everybody want to be like everybody else. Mm. It really... Um, it, it, it really isn't too too many unique artists with they sound. You know what I mean? I think even I fall into that category. Like some of the stuff that I got sound like other people. You feel what right. I'm saying? I sound right. like another vibe. You feel me? However, we know, you know, I got that original sauce. Me and the guitar, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's my differentiator for sure, for sure. But um, I think that's one thing I would encourage a lot of people to do is find your differentiator. You know what I mean? Find your, your, your niche. Find, find what makes you you. You know what I mean? And what can make you incomparable. And also, you know, really pursue that and, and be consistent. I think a lot of people, um, you know, they 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 approach the industry or they, they approach their dream of being in the industry, realize how vigorous it is and how oversaturated it is and then become discouraged. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But it's like you got to stay consistent. Like, yes, it is an oversaturated marketing industry. However, with the tools to know how to navigate, because it's a million ways to make a million dollars. In other right. words. You know, it's multiple destinations, it's multiple routes to the same destination. You right. feel what I'm saying? And it's a lot of ways to make money in music without getting like rich and famous. But you can still, you know, make something cool to live off of to get your bills paid. You yeah. know what I mean? Whether that's doing gigs, whether that's, um, you know, it, it's different aspects to the streaming. Like one of the things I got involved in was uh, NFTs. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Doing the NFTs uh, through Gala Music. Shout out Gala Music. Salute. They Salute doing it. Gala Music. You feel me? Uh, that was one of the ways. Um, but I, I would really encourage people to try to find as many gigs as possible because that's direct payment. You know what I'm saying? You're getting paid right then and there. And that's also getting your your um, audience engagement up. You know what I mean? Like if you can hold a show, I don't care if it's five people in there. You're going to have five new fans if you do your thing. You right. Know what I mean? And the more fans, the more supporters ultimately is going to equal the most money. So I think it's about just staying, you know, original, staying organic, because it's a lot of people buying followers and all that. But and that's why they're not getting their cheese, because it's not a, a real core following. You talk, know? talk about it. <laughs> For real. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest. 
I tried it. I'm a kid. This is a safe place. It's right, to keep right. It's a- <laughs> I tried it. You know what I'm saying? I bought a hundred hey. at one point in time. Hey, look, I ain't gonna lie. I was I was promoting my post for a quick minute. I said, all right, I ain't trying to do this. <laughs> look, I was like, I ain't trying to do this, bro. It's not worth it. But I, I learned that wasn't the way because it's not organic. It's not a yeah. core following. Like, yeah, yeah. you're getting them views, but you're not getting the comments. You're not getting engagement. You're not, you know what I mean? And that's what's needed. Like, if you yeah. take the social media route, the the algorithms and all that respond to engagement. You yeah. feel what I'm saying? So if people not commenting, if people not sharing it, if they not saving it, you know what I mean? Then you're really not going to get too much motion. You're just going to have 20,000 likes with five comments. You know what I mean? Which ain't a good look. You ain't going to really get no dollars for that. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like being organic and getting a, a core following organically, which is very difficult to do. I'm not just making it seem like that's easy. Like, just be yourself and you're going to hit. Nah, you got to definitely be yourself. Find your thing. Find find your niche. You know what I mean? Find find your swag, your style, your signature style. And then you got to just be very consistent, very yeah. consistent and open, you know, to network. And I think for myself, um, and again, like, I ain't nobody, man. I'm not way up there or nothing like that. But I, I've been fortunate enough to network to get, you know, to get behind some doors, some closed doors. You feel what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And I right. think that's another thing that's very important. Like one thing we see in the Bay Area, a lot of times amongst the artists, like it's like crabs in a barrel, man. Like people pulling each other down. Ain't nobody trying to really uplift nobody up, give nobody their flowers and work with each other. It's, you know, all the BS with the gang stuff going on. So it's this yeah. line in the sand and we we need to really erase that and create circles. I think that's another way we can see a lot of people get on too. So I would encourage a lot of people, man, to be open to working with others and networking too. I think that's a, a big part of it as well. Man, I, absolutely. I, absolutely. I feel everything you said, man. You could drop the mic on that one. I, I was, <laughs> everything you said for sure. Um, the, the last question that I want to ask, and this is just something that, you know, we've, I, I my, myself and my group, um, the Fire Your Boss team, we, we've been uh, doing Wise Word Wednesdays every single week for six years. It'll be seven years this October Dope. where we provide people with just a clip, a, a glimpse of information that could potentially help. And my old uh, pastor, Westland Childs, he used to say, eat the fish and spit out the bones. Mm-hmm. So for, you know, this Wise Word Wednesday may be for you or it may not, right? Like it may it may not touch you at all, but it's going to be for somebody. And so for right. those that do take it in and those that don't, you could push it to the side and, and maybe next week will. But if there was one wise word that you can leave the audience with um, about anything in life um, that you feel is important, uh, what would that wise word be? Uh, I would definitely encourage everybody to understand that they're powerful, man, and that, that they are they have value and that they matter. And But really understand your power. You got the power each and every day to choose how you respond to each and everything that you face with in life. And that's a lot of power. You got the you got the power to influence the people around you. You know what I mean? We 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 possess a lot of power. We begin to sleep on ourselves and internalize these self-input mental limitations due to our conditions, like you brought up earlier. You know, when you don't see people that's successful that look like you, you begin to put put yourself in a compartment of what's meant for you. You know what I mean? Understand you're powerful enough to get whatever it is you want. You just got to figure out the way how. And there is a way how. You just got to put in that work to learn it. You know what I mean? Understand that you're powerful enough to overcome any conditions you may be in, past or present. You know what I mean? Like our circumstances don't don't define us. And, and they may confine us if you allow them to, but they don't define us if you don't allow it to as well. So I really want people to understand their power, man. And if you play your part individually, I guarantee we will see a difference as a society collectively, for sure, for sure. So understand your power. Man, I I love that. Um, Man, this has been super dope bro like this is super right. dope and and once again i gotta give a shout out to funk free funk for free for funk. connecting us man that, that's that's beautiful um I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of your work in fact one of my cousins was at an event that you did recently um where you were on stage playing the guitar this was a couple weeks ago and i was like yeah 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 i was like i was like oh i know bro i was like i know yeah it was beautiful man and so just i just want to encourage you man you know keep Keep doing what you're doing because it, it's making a difference. Um, and I know that oftentimes, and you may not go through this, but I know at times for me, I go through this. Sometimes it can feel like you don't know if what you're doing is actually hitting. Like you don't know if like it's making a difference in people because, you know, some people use social media as a measuring stick. And I don't always do it, but there are times where I'm like, dang, like I put my heart into that wise word Wednesday. Anybody going to comment? Like anybody going to say, <laughs> you feel me? But, but so I just want to let you know that, man, 
I may not always comment. I may not always hit the like button because I be trying to log off of Instagram. So that way I'm not on it too much. But right. just know, bro, you making a difference in my life. You're making a difference in so many other people's lives that people that were incarcerated, that were never incarcerated and people that will never be incarcerated because of the actions that you're doing and the steps that you're taking and, and the story that you have. So I genuinely appreciate it. You know, you taking the time out of your busy schedule to be able to talk with me um, on, on this Wise Word Wednesday platform, man. It's all love, bro. I thank you so much for allowing me to be on it, bro. For real. Yes. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. And where can the people uh, follow you on social media or anything like that? Uh, Instagram at the real Maserati underscore E T H E M A S E R A T I underscore E. No doubt. Do you have like any shows coming up or anything that you that you might be getting ready to do? Um, no performances yet, but if you want to book me, go ahead and book me. We could get one real soon. There you go. Uh, the Last Mile Radio coming out every week, man, on all streaming platforms as well as on SiriusXM. That's our main station, uh, Triumph Channel 111. That's love, man. That's love. So thank you all for tuning in to this week's Wise Word Wednesday podcast episode. Um, if you haven't already, please hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. And as Maserati E talked about earlier, hit that comment, you know, you know, just type in you appreciate the words or something just so that way we can get that algorithm going. Um, but I, I definitely appreciate my man being here. And I, I got a feeling it's not going to be the last time we're going to connect um, just based on how the conversation went today. So it's, it's, much love so fyb presents wise word wednesdays i'm gonna end it with a we fresh and i love you y'all take care